It's time to go into Auto Reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that are underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going Auto Reverse on... Name of Bohannon. Bohannon. Let's talk about Bohannon. Let's talk about Mr. Hamilton Bohannon. Let's talk about Mr. Hamilton Frederick Bohannon. Yeah, he's got a now HFP. his Christian na- his Christian name. Um, what a what a stately name for for someone who created some of the nastiest music ever. It's like he has like a former president's name, but he created one of the nastiest grooves ever in my book. Well, also, um, here's the thing that I really liked about this episode is because I didn't know a lot about Mr. Bohannon. Uh, but to what you're talking about, like listening to his razor sharp grooves and you see the way that he carries himself, his dress and everything with it. There's a little bit of polish on it. Like, yeah. You know, there is a tightness that I, you know, the thing is, I just don't think like he could, his, his music is so tight and his grooves are so together and his way that he puts a song together is very simple, but man, it's very exacting. You just can't leave. He can't, you can't leave his groove. He will be done with you when he's done with you. When he's done with you, it, it takes up the whole, the whole shit. He, this is the thing about him. And what makes it interesting, it's a drummer led project. Yeah. How I, that is a rare a rarity uh, in 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 modern, you know, music, contemporary music. It's very it's very seldom that you see that. Um, and it but it does it, it, it creates a certain personality. I mean, his uh, obviously the groove, the groove, which we've already do- dove into, it, it reminds me of like a like kind of like the groove that Fela had with Tony yeah, Allen playing oh, yeah, drums, yeah, yeah. or or James or James Brown right. with uh, with Stubbefield playing drums. It's this it's this very unique, one of a kind thing that you're right. It once it starts, you're not and you're on it and you're on the groove. You're not getting off till he's finished playing, and and that is that that is the main thing about Bohannon that. That struck me. Uh, I've, I've, I've I've always heard about him. I've I've been hearing about Bohannon f- for decades, right? Mm-hmm. And and I and even when I first heard uh, Tom Tom Club's uh, Genius of Love, and he gets name checked in there, I knew who he. I kind of knew about him, but it, it, it there was a sort of like mythical uh, aspect to right. him when I heard it in that song because that song was such a cornerstone of like sort of like er, like. Uh, uh, Early '80s, uh, da- you know, New York dance floor, like post disco, uh, hip hop, and like beginnings of hip hop kind of music. Um, it, but it wasn't until it wasn't until I felt it, until yeah. I really listened to his music, that I understood like the power, the his power. Um, and honestly, it wasn't until I started DJing like real, like in a more serious way about ten years ago. That I started to pick up his records, and and it was confusing too because a lot of his records are just called Bohannon. Yeah, it's another one of those artists where, yeah, he has a few records later in his career where he gave them names, but a lot of his early records they just say Bohannon. Yeah, and it's like, wait, do I have this record? Uh, I don't know if <laughs> I'm buying it anyway. Fuck it. And that, and that, and and that and that kind of like that kind of even contributed 
to to my obsession with him because it's like it's just it's just Bohannon. The song titles are irrelevant. It's because yeah. it's it's really an immersive experience. You you're getting into his groove and you're just going with it. Um, I, I'm and it makes me happy that I that I was able to like you didn't know that much about him and that I and I that I was like kind of. A, focused on trying to put him on the on the uh, on the auto reverse podcast and because uh, he you know he only passed away like two months ago yeah, April, which, yeah. which was crazy yeah so um I'm, I'm glad that you got into it because i wasn't sure right well i'll tell you what man anyone who when he's a teenager can play drums for stevie wonder oh god and then be able to go then be able to be so good that they'll bring you to mo to bring you to motown and then be able to play with marvin gay like you got to have some serious, serious chops to be yeah. to be in the little Motown, you know, be in the Motown circle, but being that kind of level of of craftsmanship. And I'm sure he learned about keeping grooves and learning how to be and learning how to craft songs as well. Um, but what I really liked about his stuff, and you could see, like, uh, like I guess what was it? Barry Gordy left to go to Los Angeles and he was just like that's right he was like I'm gonna go back to Georgia and he that's when he started doing his recordings but he didn't try to be something that he wasn't well no well I, I think he stayed in Detroit I think that's the thing so when when Barry Gordy and Motown moved to LA I think he stayed in Detroit I'm, I'm pretty sure he did and and uh, and and formed a band with Ray Parker jr. Mm-hmm. of Ghostbusters fame and who I who I love I think yeah. he I mean everybody knows him as a good Ghostbusters guy but Dude, I, I'm in love I, with I the other woman I mean, yeah yeah um and he, he formed a band a band with him and with Dennis Coffey who was all a uh, guitar player who was also a Motown session guy just like Bohannon so I think he might have stayed in Detroit okay. uh, after they left and that's and that was kind of where he he for, he formed the like Bohannon, like uh, like his own musical sort of project, but not before he made he recorded uh, a session with Marvin Gaye for "What's Going On," which never got used, which I didn't even know about until yeah. recently when I saw it when they reissued uh, "Who's the Man" or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I forget the name of this. It's like just all the stuff that he used in the Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" sessions. They, they they put out as a, as vinyl recent like recently only like a, a year or two ago and I didn't realize all this stuff that he recorded um, and during those sessions that's amazing too which I put on the playlist yeah uh, on another the uh, on the very, yeah very no, another very stout playlist that you will all enjoy that's yeah it's it's that's my favorite part is putting that together but um <laughs> but uh, hey but uh, yeah 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 but uh so so it's 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 incredible i mean the guy was a session player for motown uh probably the greatest education you'll get as a musician is is being a session player for motown records and then and then the the thing that he started like which i like i said earlier was so unique and so one of a kind and went on to 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 sort of be credited as part right. of the creation of the disco sound, which again, just like when we had the discussion about Chic, how Chic got, you know, pigeonholed into being a disco band, and when they were so much more than that, I I feel the same about Bohannon. Bohannon was credited as being this like sort of disco king, but in reality, what he made was beyond disco, and its influence 
went beyond disco. So you know that that's that's the important. I, so that's what I kind of look for in a lot of these uh, artists that we that we cover in Auto Reverse. We try to look beyond. The, you know the period well, that they played in right and what i will say to people who are like myself who don't know that uh, Bohan, like bohannon as well these songs are i wouldn't say they're radically different in many ways but they're they're they will transfix you just because there's there's what i would call like in the pocket grooves and then i've called there's a next level higher uh mantle of Groove, which I call the Bohannon grooves, because his grooves are so tight, and you can hear the drummer like there's really nuanced little things he's doing with the drums and little nuanced things that he's doing with the hi hat and the kick drum that just make the song just a little bit more interesting, make it move along a little bit, a little bit um, better. Uh, not in not a lot of words, not a, most of them to that are kind of almost basically instrumentals. But, like even let's start the dance, like how much, how many lyrics, there's maybe 50, if you were gonna do a word, like a like a, a character count, there's probably like 50 characters in that whole song. Very basic, everything's very basic, but man, I, anyone who tries to recreate those songs are gonna be lost at sea. Because of the amount of uh, the, how he is so deep in the in the pocket, and how the grooves and everything is so simple, but it is so just your head. Even after four or five minutes, you just you got that same intensity that you had in in, in second ten, uh, and you can see why he's sampled a lot. But yeah, I think you're right. It's like. You know, the thing, a little bit of research that I did about him, I was like, it was just disco, disco, disco. And then when I listen to playlists, I'm like, this is not what I would call disco. There's no like, there's no polish to it. There's not like no overproduction to it. It's got the joy and the soul and the kind of, uh, what's a good word for it? It's just got the energy that's at a level that most disco songs probably hope to reach and just never get there. I mean, they do. Disco songs do reach those levels uh, often. It just it depends on the artist. It depends on because right. that's the thing. It's just so easy to discount disco as this sort of four on the floor. Uh, you know, like everything is sort of similar. And mm -hmm. but 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 even within disco, there were artists that kind of stood apart. Right, Bohannon being one of them. Gar Gary's Gang. There were all these like kind of things that were. And there's even comps about like the sort of left field, what they call left field disco. So disco that wasn't like necessarily straight ahead and and like, you know, on the charts, it was like stuff that was popular in the dance floor, but not necessarily uh, popular on the charts, but and maybe predated disco a little bit or was post disco. And, that, and, that, and that's the beauty of all this is that uh, artists like Bohannon sort of they 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 elevate they 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 elevate they right. they create something that is so unique and so and, and and gets and and puts you in a trance i mean what is what is music more, if anything it's it's some sort of shamanistic attempt where the you know where like where the where the the group or the artist puts themselves in a trance they put themselves in a trance to then put you in a trance and that's something that Bohannon does effectively and like and a lot of right. artists that I love do effectively. Right. 
also the other thing about Bohannon that I love, uh, you'll understand, is that I hear his music and I think New York City. Really? You know, it's very, yeah, it's weird. I know he's not from New York City. I know he's from Georgia originally. Then he was in Detroit. He probably spent some time in L.A. But something about that sound, his sound, it reminds me of New York City. It's like I could hear that stuff coming out of like a lime green Cadillac Coupe de Ville, you know, uh, at an, an ungodly volume. That and and it and it grabs you while you're on the street. It's coming out of a car. It grabs you and it puts you in that trance. I also attribute that sort of same feeling to people like the Jimmy Castor bunch or Roy Ayers. Yeah. It's like it's not necessarily from New York, but when you or Mandrill or or, or, right, or right. Uh, uh, Joe Batan, and you hear the stuff, and you know, and it just feels you can you can if you clo- if you're not in New York City, you can close your eyes, and you can feel yourself, you know, on a you know on 110th Street. You you could you could you could just you could feel your feet on the on the sidewalk in those places when you hear this music, and that and that to me is another powerful statement about about groups like this is that they can put you in that place you know uh, through music and i i mean that's that's incredible and and bohannon with and bohannon to me is is very much uh he, he that's what he does he puts you he he reminds me of new york city and also for me like i i think i brought this up in the notes that i sent to you he kind of had a second career or re- resurgence in the 90s um Right, because right. Uh, the the acid jazz uh, thing happened in the nineties. Um, diggable planet. Diggable, yeah, diggable. But it was like, but yeah, like a lot of the hip hop stuff, like brand new heavies and that that yeah, sort right. of thing, and it, and it was mixed with hip hop and stuff. Or Jamiroquai came out of that scene too, uh, you know. So so what happened was there was an organization, a promotions company called Giant Step. And they would do nights. Uh, they would do groove. Uh, they would do giant step presents. So they would do concerts. They had a thing called Groove Academy. Uh, they 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 had like uh, DJ nights and stuff. But they would promote concerts. And a lot of the concerts they would promote were old older artists from the '60s and '70s that people had forgotten about, like mm-hmm. Gil Scott Heron, Roy mm-hmm. Ayers. Uh, they would do uh, they would do the Ohio players. They would do. You know, uh, Bootsy Collins, right. they did all this stuff. And I remember they, they put a bunch of shows together for Bohannon. And I thought that was really cool because he had li- li- literally been forgotten. Um, he, had, he was being sampled right. by by hip-hop artists in the late 80s and the 90s. But the people that were listening to those songs didn't know who the fuck Bohannon was, yeah. right? The, produ- the, the, the people making the beats, the producers and stuff knew. But the fans were just like, oh, that's an cr- incredible hook. Uh, but only a few would make the time to try to figure out where the hook was coming from. So, so, so that's that's the other thing with him is that I I remember my opinion of him being reinforced in the '90s by him being brought back. He was still alive and he played a bunch of shows. And I give credit to Giant Step uh, for doing that. They they nice. they you know they it was cool. I mean I like you know. There's nothing like that really going on now, but no, who knows? No, maybe not. in maybe in five years there'll, there'll be another. Well, you would you would think there would thing. have some like re-releases or something, or someone put some eighty-eight, you know, one hundred and eighty gram versions of some of the song, uh, some of the albums, like you know, Stop and Go, or you know, you would think that someone would do that, but you know, it's 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 funny because when you look at his credentials and you see that his he started young, he got in with the you know the 
the up-and-coming musicians, the up-and-coming the up labels. He did records his own way, and you know, it, it, it just shows how, you know, how fucking difficult it is to be a musician and be a successful one, and how arbitrary it all kind of is, because you know, this is someone who obviously had the, the, the chops to be a studio musician, had the chops to be his own band leader, had the chops to, you know, be a touring guy or, you know, or work or work the label and be a, you know, a tastemaker, which I think he did kind of a little bit later. But, you know, when he you, was on three different labels, he was yeah. on Dark Art, he was on Mercury, he was on Arista. I mean, just think just think about like how how and you know uh how hard that is it's like yeah, yeah, you're always having to prove yourself you know um you're always having to you're always having to sell yourself you're always having to reframe what you're doing to explain to some executive that is completely fucking disconnected that your shit is valid um i and i and that's the thing that's what's awesome about music but it also makes it hard to sell and to even to this day is that you can't really fit music because music is art into a spreadsheet. It's such an emotional well connect connect connection. It's like hard. It's hard, you know, especially when you're being creative, which he was, you know, and he was trying to be not just creative, but also uh, he was trying to put his personality in it, and, you know. And it's just it's very hard. Well, it's also very hard if you're not doing something that's bubblegum or something that's playing to the times like I think that that's another thing that you have to make a choice like I I can make what other people people want to hear or here's the type of music I want to make and hopefully people will like it and I think that that's you know I think you know it's easy for me to say it's easy like to make the decision to do the things your way is always going to have a bigger payoff because at the end of the day while you may not have a big load of money you'll have the satisfaction of like, look, I put all my heart in that and it came out the way that I wanted it to. And, you know, while it may not live in the Rolling Stones top 100 albums of all time, you know, at least I'll have like people who appreciate it for what it is because it, it it's like, it, 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 it's like having a, you know, a book that requires you to have a little bit of focus to it. Like I, what I enjoyed about listening to this playlist was that I mean, I, I really listened to it. Like, I really sat down. I didn't read a book or I wasn't, you know, you know, cobbling a shoe together. I was, like, listening to the stuff. And I, it really paid off, at least the first time that I went through the whole playlist, because it was like, wow, this, the, how he's doing this with such very little variation and sort of approach and style. Like, even when he did change something, like uh, when he did, like, the Zulu song and I uh, forget what the, the African song called. It's like... It's South African Man. South African Man. It's still... Yeah, that was kind of a minor hit, that song. Uh, there's a video on YouTube of him performing it on uh, Soul, Soul Train. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, that's a little little bit different, but still, it's in that Bohannon kind of pocket of what he's doing from the first album that he did. And it's just, I just think it's like, it, you know, it, what I would hope is, and, I, and maybe that's kind of the auto-reverse plea, at least from my end, is like, you know, listen to these songs, listen to this music, listen to it in a way that you would be trying to discern some, like a, uh, you know, a wine or something, or a beer or some, or a book 
or a picture and just try to take it in a little bit more than you than a surface listen then you know i mean of course after i've listened to it a couple times i was doing other shit while i was listening to it but by that time it all it already sunk it in got its you know got its its you know uh, its claws into my in my psyche like i was like you know and i think that's another thing about this like you were talking to it to me it started getting it get once you listen to it and really understand it it kind of seeps into your dna you know it, it's like something that you can't really shake off because it's so so infectious like listening to the the, the bohannon walk i think i've listened to that song like about 15 times the last two days you know what i mean yeah and, yeah, it's, and it's not like a uh, it's not like a on the first listen. It's not a remarkable song, but I just started liking it every time I'd hear it, and then I'd start playing it first when I'd hear the playlist. You play the playlist, and I think that's kind of like a remarkable thing um, because I'm, no one's forcing me to do that. I'm kind of just doing it myself, um, and I and I think that the spirit in which these guys put in people put you know these musicians put all their heart and soul in things and don't compromise about it but they kind of spend the time chiseling away at that thing that they're their piece of art that they're trying to give to us and it's like uh it's something that begs a little bit i you know it's a long winter way it's a saying when you listen to play let's give it a good listen but you know give it a good intense listen so you can you know, hear the certain things that they're doing each of the songs that really make it remarkable. Any anytime I put one of these list, uh, playlists together, I'm always thinking, if anything, this shit is immersive. It has to. It ha you have. It, you you may not want to dive in. You might say, "Fuck it, I'm not going. That water's too cold. I'm not jumping in." But once you jump in, the playlist that I put together usually for these these artists. It's a, it's like you're in there. You're in the water. You're swimming in it. You're, you're maybe you're washing your hair in it. You're doing everything. It's like that's this that's that. And Bohannon was like the fucking man when it came to that. Like once you got into his music, if you can stop, you know, if you cannot be distracted and really get into it, it you really got into it. And and it was just and it was a groove like no other. And yeah. and I think uh, people that sampled it, people that danced to it, people that that knew about you know drumming that sort of like you know almost like african drumming like they they knew that that's what it was that, that that's that's what it did to you right. you know it immersed it it fully it took everything over just like fela like i say just like fela just like like james brown it's just like this thing that just like takes it takes over i don't want to i don't want to read a book i don't want to i don't want to cook dinner <laughs> Although I could cook dinner to it. I could cook dinner to it. But I'm saying it's like I wanted to just listen to it, right? Yeah. And I think, yeah. yeah. And, the, the, and you did a really remarkable job about the playlist. Which, by the way, uh, if you do, if it's not clickable with uh, with uh, on your on the episode notes, you can go to anchor.fm backslash autoreverse. And there's a, we have a page, it has a link to our page on Spotify, which is under Auto Reverse with Tony and Matt. And you has every show's playlist that are free for you to listen to and enjoy. And it goes along really nicely, which with the dulcet tones of uh, Tony and myself. Nice. Well, thanks for thanks for putting that together, Matt. Because uh, this luddite over here would have had a hard time. <laughs> well, would have had a hard time trying to put that together in any kind of timely fashion. Are we still chipping away at the family plan, getting everything going on that? Still trying, still trying to do that. Still, still can't figure that out. But we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> 
All right, and so all right, man. All right, enjoy the listen on the playlist. Give us any a shout out if you have any uh, questions or or comments or changes or people you want us to check out. So, see you later. All right, peace. peace.